Welcome to Manchester Monday on a Tuesday, new year, new me. I thought it'd be fun to bring back the podcast, you know, in 2024, especially not because Man United is playing the absolute rubbish. That is besides the fact I just really enjoyed making the podcast. And we were actually popping at one point with almost 25 downloads an episode. And well, I'd like to, you know, I mean, it's a year and a half of a break, but like, I'd like to get back on that. So without further ado, welcome to Manchester Monday on a Tuesday. Today's topics are none other than Manchester United getting, I'm going to say embarrassed because I don't think um, a 2-1 defeat to Nottingham Forest after a beautiful 3-2 comeback is something that we should even consider as good. It, it was it was not. It was, it was a horrendous performance and I really think that it sort of highlights the situation that the club is in we are in a building phase and a lot of people are ten hog out i'm still ten hog in and i will still be ten hog in until i'm given a solid reason to be ten hog out and why am i ten hog in because i think ten hog is trying to build a club and he's not willing to let anyone stand in the way of that let's take an example Jaden sancho look i understand sancho was upset that ten hog called him out for not training well okay fine you were called out for not training well but there's a plethora of players who have been called out in similar situations or they're just not picked. The manager might not say anything against them, but they're just not picked. And they work hard consistently and continuously to try and, you know, re-establish themselves in the, fo- in, in the club, in the team, and try and get themselves back in the starting 11. Now you have a player like Jaden Sancho who's on, what, 350k a week, and he's been called out by Ten Hag, and he's not, you know, he's... We really need, to be honest, we do need Sancho. I cannot stand Anthony, which I will get into in a little bit. But I, I think we do need Sancho, but, you know, the fact that Ten Hag has said no, besides the fact that we do need you, you have gone and done this thing publicly going against the manager i don't care i i won't play you and it's i i, I actually agree with that point that he stood this far i think initially i was like okay what has ten Hag done but no now it's on sancho you have players like garnacho stepping up and you're sort of eradicating your position from the team because these youngsters are coming up and they're just sort of you know outshining you because i think garnacho's performance in the last you know this season has probably been better than sancho's performance for quite some time in a united shirt so i, I agree with ten Hag on that standard and then ten Hag banning journalists i agree with ten Hag banning journalists i agree with a lot of what ten Hag has done now we're only two seasons in this is you know we're not like four years in five years into ten Hag's reign and yes there have been situations where i didn't understand why ten Hag made a tactical change where i felt like ten Hag could have deployed a better team things like that but i'm still ten Hag in you know you got to back the manager till the wheels fall off and yeah i mean the wheels haven't fall off, fallen off yet definitely not i just think we're in a building process there's a lot of dead wood to get out of this football club and there's a lot of new uh new faces new players to bring into this club to sort of suit the style of play but let's talk about nottingham forest versus manchester united look i think garnacho is you know garnacho is actually something special he's very dedicated football player he's got talent you can see the talent on the it it just you know it rays around the field you can see he has talent and you can see he has work ethic whenever he steps on the pitch the way he like commands he runs he chases he's playing for the badge it's simple as that he's playing for the badge and i really really like that about garnacho you know and he's really sort of he's i mean he's established himself in the first team not that we have many options to go against you know we have 
Anthony as well as an option. Obviously, they play different positions. We have Anthony, we have Rashford, we have a few wingers that we can, you know, shuffle through. But I think Ganacho has established himself as a player that has to start and a player that will be important in the next five to ten years, even the next few years, uh, as soon as the next few years. Ten Hag is, I think Ten Hag has also realized that Ganacho needs to stay. We made a mistake by selling Elanga, if I'm completely honest. I believe this to be a mistake, and this is what I'm going to get into now. We lost to Nottingham Forest 2-1, which is not the result you'd like to pull back. Um, you know, against a team that is, I think, their 15th. They were lower before, but now they're 15th. That is not the performance you want to put up against a team like that, and you want to allow them to score. Those goals were... I'm not going to go too much into the goals because, I mean, I'm hopeful you've seen the matches. If you haven't, you can see the highlights. I'm not going to go too much into that. I will comment on Garnacho's assist, though, the way Garnacho tackled the player dedication and, you know, composure in passing to Rashford. Thankfully, Rashford scored. I'm so happy Rashford scored because he needs to find himself. He's lost his form. He's lost his ability, and I believe he can get back to the best of it. But he's just struggling. I mean, the whole team is struggling. It's not just Rashford. Rashford. It's it's rude to just single-handedly point out Rashford struggling. No, the whole team is struggling. And we have to see how they find themselves after this. But yeah, let me go back to it. We sold Elanga, a player who I think um, we shouldn't have sold. We shouldn't have sold Anthony Elanga. And we sold him for what, 15 million? 15 million is what we sold Elanga for. And I think Elanga is probably a 25 to 30 million player. You know, and that's what Anthony was valued at. Now I'm going to get into my point against Anthony. That's what Anthony was valued at, 25 to 30 million by the internal department at Manchester United. They said this player is worth 25 to 30 million. That's what we would bid for him. What did we pay for him? We paid 100 million. Either we're laundering money with Anthony or, you know, like someone just, you know, uh, one of the Glazers owes Ajax a bunch of money for some unrelated reasons or something. There's something fishy about that deal because there's no way you buy a 25 to 30 million player for a value of 100 million. And look, I'm going to go back and say I support Ten Hag in this. Um, I'm going to support Ten Hag a little bit here, but also go a little bit against Ten Hag. Ten Hag wanted Anthony as early as June. That's when the sort of rumors started spiraling up. That's when it's reported that Anthony was wanted by Eric Ten Hag. And they valued, Ajax, I believe, valued him at around 20, 50 mil, 40 to 50 million is what they were willing to sell Anthony for. But we are our recruiting department, whatever department you can say, the transfers, they were so slow to get Anthony. And they sort of panicked by purchasing Anthony because they were just like, oh, no, what do we do? And Anthony made a statement, you know, against Ajax, which is why we sort of had to swoop in. Because if we didn't, no player would go against Ajax ever again. No player would go against any club ever again to try and get to Man United. You know, we would have just looked embarrassed. Ajax would have been, everyone would have been embarrassed in that situation. The player, the club, Ajax, all the clubs. It would have just been a very embarrassing situation. So we sort of had to go in and swoop in Anthony. But we should have used that to our leverage and tried to get a reduced fee for Anthony, which we didn't. And we ended up overpaying for him. So Ten Hag wanted him in June for $40 million, And it doesn't happen. We end up paying $100 million. And we sell a player, Elanga, who I think Elanga is much better than Anthony. Elanga has around 10 goal contributions this season in, what, 20, 20 games? Something like that, which is quite good. That's actually really good compared to Anthony, who has, what, 33 games played in one goal in the Premier League. It, that is horrendous. That is $100 million, no. Because when you pay $100 million, when you pay any amount of money for a player, the things that up the transfer fee is the future potential value of that player um, you know, the relationship between the clubs, if it's a rival club, they're obviously going to want more um, to sell to a rival. Um, a different, a bunch of factors go into a transfer fee. But when you look at Anthony's transfer fee, what really went into it was the fact that Ajax had sold a bunch of players and we were very late to the party to try and buy an Ajax player. We're just late to the party. 
and it was our own fault that we were late to the party. But we went and we sold Elanga for peanuts compared to, you know, and Elanga's right now, his valuation is around 20, 25 million, I believe, similar to what Anthony's was. I think we should have just kept Elanga. Obviously, Elanga's situation at the time we signed Anthony was not the same as it is now. But I think Alanga is better than Anthony. I take Alanga every single day of the week. And look, I'm not going to blame Anthony too much. He had a whole scandal that went he went through, and that's a tough thing to go through for any player. Um, and I'm not going to dive too much into that. But look, you have to get your mentality right. You can't just um, go through. Look, Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the best players in history, and the devastating loss of a child is uncomparable to anything. And the fact that a week after it, he was back on the pitch, you know, it's an elite level of mentality. And obviously, every player is different. They need different periods of time to sort of rest, understand, you know, get their head right. Um, the club should definitely offer some sort of, you know, um, therapy. I'm, I'm not sure what the word is for that. Uh, for any player going through something, for any player going through a scandal or anything horrible, it should definitely be because, you know, mentality is also a very big part of the game. It's not just physical demanding. It's also mentally. If you're, suppose you're physically 100%, you're talented, everything, but your mentality is just like sore losing, you know, you're not going to perform on the pitch. And Anthony, you know, whatever he may have gone through, he's got to get his headspace right because he's a hundred million player. You know, that's a big, big, big uh, price tag on a player. And he's got to get his headspace right. He's got to perform. He's got to show the world why he's worth that price tag. Or, you know, currently he's showing why he's not worth that price tag. But when you pay so much for a player, the understanding is the player will either maintain that value, if not increase that value. You know, that's the simple understanding when you make a transfer fee. Sometimes you overpay for a player and there might be commercial reasons for that. There might be other reasons linked to that. But the basic value is that the amount we paid for a player is how much a player should be worth in the future. I'm not saying, okay, he's 35, Anthony sells for $100 million. No, he's a young player, five, six years down the line when he's more, further into his prime. He should sell for at least that. That's how you know it's money spent well. And in this case, it's not. I can't imagine anyone paying more than $40 million for Anthony. Even, you know, $30 million would be a bit of a bargain. Not a bit of a, a, bit, a, bit of a bargain. It would just be a fair value like for Anthony. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of deadwood in the club and our transfer strategy has not been correct. With Sir Jim Ratcliffe uh, you know, purchasing a stake in the club, you can hope that things will get better. I personally wanted Qatar all the way. I thought Qatar, a complete buy-over was much better. Um, I thought that would have been much better for the team, but obviously we have crappy owners who disagreed with that statement and they chose to sell a minority stake instead of selling out the whole club for what was well over the value of the club, which was, I think they were offering a total of $7 billion was the total package. That is a phenomenal price and they should have taken it. But also I have to say that, you know, I feel like the protests just weren't in line with what the fans wanted. We should have, you know, there was a point where they delayed a football game because of you know they just weren't unhappy and that something like that would be impactful something like that would have made a statement and you know fans they say empty old trafford and the next day it's filled you know they say empty old trafford then someone else has bought the tickets that they weren't gonna buy you know so it's not like there's a um there's not a unanimous it doesn't feel like there's a unanimous um push for getting the glazers out and we've ended up with Sir Jim Ratcliffe. We'll see how that turns out. I'm hopeful and optimistic because, you know, his initial statement was quite uh, a ray of hope, I would say, because he's a lifelong United fan. He wants what's best for the club, and that will be interesting to see how that sort of pans out. I can hope for the best. I can really hope for the best that Sir Jim Ratcliffe does well with the club. 
But where does that leave us right now? We're in a position where we're not, you know, we're not, um, yeah, we're not winning the Premier League for sure. We're not really in any competitions. The FA Cup is coming up, but we're going to have to see how we do in that. Uh, that that's actually going to be probably the only trophy we can even make an effort for. Um, yeah, that's probably the only trophy we can make an effort for because as far as the Champions League goes, we're out of that. <laughs> We've been out of the Champions League. We've been out of the Carabao Cup. We're out of the Premier League race by a mile. We could have still been in the Premier League race had we been a bit more consistent, obviously. I mean, that's quite obvious. We could have still been in the Premier League race had we been a bit more consistent, but we weren't. It's like one game will present hope. Oh, this is uh, Peter Drury will provide some of the best commentary. Oh, this is how Old Trafford should be. This is how things can be. And then the next game will go lose to a 15th place team. Like, you know, there's no, there's no, we beat Aston Villa, which is a great, great result. But then you can't go and just lose to Nottingham Forest, who are potentially fighting relegation. You know, you can't be in that situation where you beat a team better um, than yourselves, and then you lose to a team worse off than yourselves and the team you previously beat. There's no consistency in that. And look, I'm not going to go over and say, oh, you know, Ten Hag's not the man. We've had injuries. We have to agree. We have had injuries. Mount is was out. Eriksen had injuries. Uh, Casemiro had injuries. Varane, Martinez, we have had injuries. And there's no way to sugarcoat it and say, oh, our squad has been 100% fit. If our squad was 100% fit and these are the results we're bringing in, I would still be like, okay, maybe Ten Hag ain't the man for the job. But it, that's not the case. We have a injury list that is quite big. And there's no real excuse for um, there's no real excuse if we didn't have an injury list. We do have an injury list. We can lean on that excuse, but consistency needs to be there. It feels like some days the players are like, okay, we got to play for the badge, and then second days they're like, oh, you know, I just I make a ton of money, like I can just retire now. Like, oh, do I really have to? It feels like a job. You know, football. You want players in the club who are passionate, who are like, oh, they love the badge, they love the game. You know, and unfortunately, in modern day football, money has become such a big thing that it feels like a lot of players, they're talented immensely, but they're more in it for the money than for the passion. And it feels like maybe in the olden days, things were a bit more passion based. You know, that's that's really all I can say for that. Um, but yeah, we have a first off what Jim Radcliffe and the club needs to do is they need to fix. They really need to fix the wage bill. They need to fix the wage bill because what you have is you have a bunch of players who you really wanted at the club, wanted at the club, and you brought them to the club by offering salaries which you shouldn't have. If I'm completely honest, you shouldn't have paid a lot of the salaries that you did pay. Um, and now they're in the club, and you have to get rid of them. But the issue is, no other team is going to be willing to pay those, um, you know, salaries because they're so high. Those wages are so high that it's not value for that player. It's really not value for that player. You know, and that, that's the situation you've sort of put yourselves in. So what United need to do is first they need to reduce their wage bill. They need to start, you know, they need to get all these. Like, look, um, as far as it goes, I think Casemiro's third highest earner in the Premier League. Varane is like fifth. And then Rashford is like sixth or seventh. Um, and then Mason Mount is on the list. I think if you take the top 20 most, uh, top 25 um, players on the team, uh, the players in the Premier League, I think a majority of them are Manchester United players. Not a majority, but a very f scary amount are Manchester United players. And they're not worth the amount. You know, they're not worth the amount that we're, you know, paying for them. And that's unfortunate that we've, you know, been forced or um, 
we've been put in a situation where we've paid these fees, uh, these salaries, which just aren't there. So they need to first off fix this. They need to get, you know, they need to focus on getting players who are more passionate about the club. Yes, obviously every player has a demand, but you can't, you've given the players too much power with these salaries, with these high demands that they're able to make. You need to get rid of that issue. And you need to start getting in players who are more passionate for the club. Garnacho is a perfect example. You know, Garnacho, it's, it's like he's playing for the pad badge. What scares me and what genuinely scares me is we're going to see, oh, he's playing for the badge. Oh, he's such a good player. He's such a good player. And we're going to offer him like a hundred thousand pound contract where currently he's at around 50,000 gross, I think 50,000, something like that. Um, yeah, so I'm afraid we're going to offer him a huge contract where, um, you know, it becomes about money, for, um, becomes more about money. You have to let, you have to start focusing on bringing in players with passion. You can't just overpay players and expect them, you know, you can't just overpay players. Players is my main concern here. But yeah, the, the result against Forest was not anything, you know, we wanted. We're not in a position to, it, it, if I'm completely honest, I'm worried whether we'll get Champions League football. I really don't think we will get Champions League football because the top four is, what, nine-point difference almost? Nine points difference between us and the top four. And that is scary. That is a very, very scary difference because we're not in a position where we can be like, okay, yeah, we'll win the next five, six, seven games and then we'll get into a, a competitive position to be top four. We're not. We're really not in that position. And I think the goal right now for the team is, I wouldn't say it's to win the FA Cup, I would say yes, try for the FA Cup. It's the only trophy you have a chance at winning, but try to finish in a Champions League position. It is a tough, tough job, if I'm completely honest, but it is a, you know, it's a, it's a job. You have to get it done. So finish in a Champions League position, try and win the FA Cup. I think it's po possible to win the FA Cup as soon as our players start recovering and they get better because, look, as far as I'm concerned, our Premier League race is far, far, far from over. We're like nine points, um, more than nine. We're like 11 points from the top. That's not happening at all and that's a fantasy dream um so yeah that's as far as i can say also one more thing i didn't say about anthony was paul schools once called him a one-trick pony and unfortunately when paul school said that i said i don't agree with this i think anthony has a game to develop but i'm starting to see it now i'm starting to see what paul schools meant and the way his opinion was formed because i'm starting to see in all anthony's goals i'm pretty sure most of them are just him cutting in and finesse shotting it in so that's 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 really all there is for that um for the january transfer window we have to get rid of deadwood i think that's the best thing we can do get rid of martial get rid of anthony i mean obviously he's invested so much in the player look let's take mcguire as an example actually mcguire was dropped so many times from the team by oligan or Solskjaer. Uh, no, actually not by Solskjaer. I wouldn't say Solskjaer didn't really drop him. I would say Ralph Rangnick dropped him. Even Rangnick didn't drop him too much. But Ten Hag definitely has. Ten Hag definitely has dropped him because his performances were un... You know, they you just couldn't justify playing a player like that. So I would say, look, look. let's take Maguire as an example. I can't believe I'm saying this. He was in a horrible state of form, but he found himself. He found himself and he came back in such a strong way where I'm like, Maguire needs to start nowadays. Maguire needs to get in. Maguire is, you know, he's great. He's one of our best. And that's what the example some of these players should take. That's the example Sancho should have taken, but instead he's gone and he's whined to the press. He's whined on his story on Instagram or whatever. And yeah, so I think that's, that's unfortunate to be honest, but yeah, get rid of Deadwood in January as much Deadwood as you can. Um, 
and obviously we I don't think we're in a position to sign more players because of whatever transfer budget whatever nonsense but get rid of Deadwood and free up that and also one more thing is we overpay for players but we undersell players I think Elanga could have sold for more you know we could have put a buyback I don't know if there's actually a buyback clause but we definitely should have put one you know so we undersell players we really really do undersell players when I think play, some of our players are should be sold for more um, we can negotiate for more, but we just undersell them and then we overpay. So it's like a horrible, you know, combination there. Um, but yeah, I think that really wraps up all I want to get off my chest in this episode. It's, you know, yeah, you, you, let's just sum it up. You can't be inconsistent. You got to be more consistent. You can't beat a team better than you and then lose to a team worse than you. You know, that, that's just not how it works. We need players who play for passion. Garnacho is a prime example. We need players to stop complaining and start getting themselves together. Harry Maguire is an example of that. I can't believe it. Sancho, just apologize. Grow up. You have the ego of Ronaldo, but you have the trophy cabinet of... Actually, that's I, I don't know who I can compare him to without insulting another player, which I don't want to do. But you got to just apologize. You got to man up and be like, I made a mistake. Get yourself back into this team. Because if these are the attitude issues you're bringing to a team, no one's going to want to sign you. And with the wages you demand, no one's going to want to sign you anyway. So you need to. United is your best shot at, you know, at least perform well for United and then move away if you want. But stop complaining and, you know, stop playing FIFA. I've seen so many Twitter photos of you losing um, games on FIFA. So I, you're not good at FIFA. Just focus on real football. Um Get rid of Deadwood, inconsistency. Ten Hag in, I'm still Ten Hag in. Sad that we got Jim Ratcliffe over uh, Sheikh Jassim, but we'll see how it goes forward. I'm looking forward to the next, I wish I could say I'm looking forward. I'm not looking forward to when we face Wigan Athletic on, I think it's Tuesday is when we face them. Um, no, no, we face them on Monday on 9th January. No, 8th January. Yeah, 8th January is when we face them in the FA Cup third round. You're only in two competitions. Please just focus. You're only in two competitions. And with the squad depth that you have, I know all, not all the players are great, but a lot of the players are good enough for you to finish in a strong position and to at least compete or go deep into the FA Cup. I'll see you guys in the next episode, um, which will probably be after um, we come back from the break. And wait, is there an international break? There is, right? There must be. No, there's not an international break. I'm tripping. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you back when we face Wigan Athletic. You'll either have a very happy episode where I'll be like, yeah, this is why I'm Ten Hag in. We beat Wigan, even though Wigan is a team that we should easily beat. Or I will be completely just annoyed because we've lost to a team that we shouldn't have. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Until then, um, take care and see